0: And our officials, and our agencies,
1: recording in progress. The chairperson of the board, but Martin and his team, you are warmly welcome. The purpose of the meeting is to get briefing on the twenty twenty two, twenty three, strategic plan, and annual performance. Plan and budget plan of of
2: Sifa, which call which is called Small Enterprise Finance Agents.
3: We um yes, can you hear me? Yes, thank you, Ma'am. Um, the purpose of the meeting, um, I don't know. If I can speak now, but yes, yes, I don't. You know, um, I got a little bit of a problem. Um, you know, if you say it's a strategic plan and the way forward the budget and all that, and we um, and and CIFAC come in before the department, I thought the department will lead, and then um, the other two entities of of the. Um, Department will follow because I can't see how they can budget and strategize without a strategy plan from the department. So I think we do this whole thing vice versa. And and I don't know if I'm wrong. I mean, I will, um, but maybe the other members can help me if I'm right or wrong. Thank you.
1: It's your views. Uh, Let's see hear from the, the content advisor because this portfolio committee has got a content advisor as well as the house
2: chairperson because each time both slots are being approved by him uh, small can you say something uh,
0: m- morning
4: chairperson uh, morning honourable members uh, in fact, it, it's supposed to work that way, Chairperson. Uh, either uh, the department comes first or the department comes immediately after the entities. Uh, but as we are aware, Chairperson, there is a request uh, from the department. Uh, I'm not sure if, Brother King, you can speak to that because uh, I'm not even aware if there is a, a new. <clears throat> or proposed date as to when the department will come through and present its own uh, straight plan.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you, Brakeen. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, honor, honor, honorable members.
4: Um, well, it's something uh, according to the agenda that has just come in uh, and then I would have I would have expected maybe honorable Kroger that maybe would have uh, asked when we were doing the 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 committee program yesterday. However, we received the chairperson received the letter from the department
0: indicating that they were requesting that their uh, presentation
4: been not to be scheduled uh, this week because they have got some information that they wanted to include in their strategic plans and in their annual performances. hence then the interaction between the department and the entities that finalized in terms of drawing uh, the, the uh, entities' annual plans. So now, hence then, we started with the entities because their annual plans and their corporate plan has been, had been tabled in Parliament. And looking at the time that uh, we are expected as the committee to finalize the budget vote uh, report prior to the budget vote debate. So the budget vote debate is on the 10th of May. And then hence we scheduled that we get the presentation this week because the following, the coming week, it is the leave period for Parliament. So now we, the Department has been granted that a uh, 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 request. Now a date will be scheduled where we we'll be getting the presentation from the Department after they have tabled their strategic plan and their annual performances in, in Parliament. However, there's no transmission if we start with the entities depend because we can start with the department, we can start with entities, then the department uh, uh, takes everything after it. the entities have uh, presented. So those that's the information that uh, we have, uh, Honourable Croker uh, via your uh, chairperson. Thank
1: you, Braking. Um- Honorable Kruger, thanks for your question. It was not a bad question. You wanted clarity. It has been clarified. I won't uh, dwell much again on it. That's the position. So,
3: Manche, Manche, um, I'm sorry to interrupt again, but um, it doesn't sound um, good practice or it doesn't look like good practice, um, I'm sure the entities must be, their strategy must be informed by the um, the, um, the department strategy. And if the department strategy is not approved, um, although it will be tabled in parliament, and hence that's why I said yesterday um, when Cedar, um Tabled their strategy that we noted. You must remember we never approved the APPs. So I don't know if we are wasting our time. I mean I'm, I'm gladly listening to to Sifa, but if 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 Sifa tabled a strategy today, and there's new information coming from from uh, the department, surely we're going to Change that strategy, so you
1: know I, i'm done know i'm in the dark here uh, you are in the dark, but the explanation we gave is because of uh, certain information which they discovered that uh, the, the department says um, because they, they, they collaborate with other department you know you know that, so that 's why i 'm saying. Uh, we don't know what is behind the scene. The entity, the agency is working with the department too close so I believe there won't be any problem, according to me, the way the minister has explained it to me, rather than bringing something which is which has not been tabled to parliament and which has got some omission which they were instructed to feature into that particular plan. So I don't think that we are wasting our time. As King and Sbu uh, has indicated that there is no strange mess whether we start with the agency or with the department because those people are working together. And if ever, uh, honorable members can wait for the department. What you are going to uh, stress is to adhere to the time frame. That's what we have told them. And I believe that they have seen that the the budget vote is on the 10th of may before that something must be happening in between so at that note we'll have to proceed thank you i'm proceeding i indicated the purpose of the meeting and you are warmly welcome let's continue pray for our country the issue of rain, it is predicted that it is still coming. We don't know now in which province. So God must help us in this regard. Um, Bra King, take us to the to the next item. The meeting is officially opened.
0: Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, uh,
4: good morning, honorable members. Good morning. Uh, chairperson uh, of the board, DJ and colleagues from parliament and from the department. Chairperson, in the platform, I've uh, uh, identified to you Honorable uh, Matulela, Honorable Nkosi Lutuli, Honorable Jacobs, Honorable Kruger, Honorable Tbilas, Honorable April, Honorable Tlobelang, and Honorable Mianni. So those are the members that I've identified. Should I have made a mistake, they can indicate those that I didn't see. And then uh, on the side of the apologies, Chair, I have received the apology of the minister who is uh, attending the roadshow, which is in the Western Cape. And then I've also received the apology of uh, Honorable Zungula, who is out with the Portfolio Committee on... Uh, Mineral and energy, they are conducting an oversight somewhere in Houdin. So, those are the apologies that I've received. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Thank you, Brakin. Apologies noted.
3: Can we. Just on a point of clarity, is the Deputy Minister in? Mm.
2: Brakin?
0: Uh, thank you, Chair.
4: I'm still checking on the platform whether he's uh, in, because sometimes he joins with the with the other budget. I can ask,
0: uh, uh, Manla is the Deputy Minister in? Mr. Stoller can you assist.
2: Braking, uh, you will, you will recognize him once he's in, so that
1: we we don't waste time. We must proceed with our program.
0: Okay. Of course. And
2: I I move I have a mover for the adoption of the agenda is. As... Honorable members.
5: Good uh, morning, Chair. I move for the adoption.
1: Thank you. Any seconder for the adoption? Of the agenda.
0: honourable Mieni, you second.
2: Thank you, um, King. You
1: you only mentioned um, honourable members. You never mentioned
2: the the leadership of the of the agency. Oh, who's, who's who's leading them?
0: Uh, Chaperson,
6: Yes That's Mr. Uh, that's honorable Meyne I got a problem mm-hmm. in my place man load shedding is at 10 Yo Hey it's difficult
1: Yeah No we are experiencing same problem all of us
2: honorable Meyne We can see that we have got that commitment King, can you come in again because I yes, did
0: chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, chair, in the platform, we
4: do have the DG, and then okay. we also have uh, the chairperson of a uh, small enterprise finance agency, a uh, board, uh, Mr. Martin Mahosi.
2: Okay,
4: I assume these are the leaders of uh, the entity and the
0: department.
2: Thank you. Yes. In the absence of the the minister, I will request the DG to lead the team.
0: Good morning, Chair and other members, I hope I'm audible today.
7: I really you are, don't want... you are you are audible today <laughs> okay no, <laughs> um I really don't want to waste time but to allow the chairperson of the board of cifa uh, to lead the delegation will be here uh, to listen and to respond to questions
0: um uh, uh, Mr mahose thank you thank you DJ. um Thank you, Honourable Chairperson um,
6: and Honourable members. With me, I have uh, the CEO of Sifa, Mr. Machamba. is uh, also accompanied by the team from Sifa. I won't mention them by name, each one of them. Uh, so I note, Chairperson, that we, we've lost a bit of time. Uh, let me save time and, and not uh, make too many comments like I would normally do. Uh, perhaps go uh, straight to him to, to present. Suffice to say that the, the, you will notice in the presentation that um, there's been a shift mainly in the format of the strategy plan of CIFA. Uh, key also to that uh, presentation today is a reflection on the performance, of course, against the, the MTSF uh, targets that we've set ourselves. you see where we are and where we're intending to be as per the APP provisions. Uh, let me not waste time, Chairperson, and hand over to, to Mr. Machamba to lead the presentation. Uh, Bob King, DG, I must also acknowledge your, your presence also. Um, let me hand over to, to Mr. Machamba. Uh, I if you could just allow him to, to have access so that he can fill out the presentation. Thanks.
1: Mr. Machamba,
8: over to you. Honorable Chair, honorable members of the committee, the board Chairperson, EG and colleagues, thanks for the opportunity to allow us to come and table the APP for the year ending March 2023. Uh, thanks, King, for allowing me, allowing me to share. Let me just reorganize the screen, share with your
0: permission. Um, I hope, Chairperson, the presentation is
8: uh, visible from your side and to the... Committee members.
1: Yes, it is visible.
8: Thank you. Um, that's the first slide, Chair, that looks really at the overview of the presentation. Um, I will not bore you with that. Uh, the presentation was shared to the members in the interest of time. and Also given that we have challenges of people losing connection, and Chair also to give you the comfort that Sifa is here with the leadership of the chairperson, in the DG, myself and the team, and there is no other board meeting that is being held elsewhere by Sifa that will interrupt the proceedings of the committee, as it was alleged yesterday. So we look now straight to the context of Sifa planning process. I won't bother the committee really about this, because this gives a history of the formation of Sifa, which was incorporated in April 2012. And, and I will just zoom into really the the, the the guidelines that actually um, 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 um guide the presentation of the work that we're going to present uh, this except to say chair that we have departed from the prior year's presentation of the corporate plan in view of the upcoming uh, merger between cifa and uh, and cedar including um, the, the co CBDA we've try, tried now to align our planning actually and the presentation of this work uh, 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 to, to be aligned to the new uh, strategic plans annual performance plans planning framework that has been developed by DPme. Um, so I just want to remove the, the screen on top of my uh, what to call my presentation that is ab- abstracting the 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 don't know this thing. my word okay i just have to leave with that um the 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 the, the, the planning framework share really focuses on the results based methodology which really underpins the theory of change concept which in turn informs the manner in which government institutions should be developing uh, its short and medium term plans the focus of a five-year strategy plan should primarily be at the level of impact and outcomes with the annual performance plans mostly articulating the outputs and the, the, the operational plans focusing really on the activities and resources that are required for implementation. This is the, the, the results driven framework that we're using, Chair, which looks at the bottom from inputs as articulated, which is mainly about what we use to do our work the next step is activities, what are the things that we do, the outputs, what we produce or deliver, and outcomes, what we wish to achieve, and finally, the impact, what we aim to change. And if you look, Chair, uh, uh, the impact and outcomes, they range between three and five years. Your activities, uh, inputs, activities, and and, uh, and uh, outputs, they focus for a period of one to three years. This is a new reporting framework that was actually established by TPME, and CIFA now has aligned itself with this uh, new reporting framework. This chair also is a high-level strategic plan, which looks really on one on the far left, the strategic plan, which focuses on our mandate, our strategic focus areas, measuring our performance, and then the description of the technical indicators. Then at a lower level it is your annual performance plan which is what we're tabling to today also aligned to the to the to our mandate our strategic focus um measuring our performance and technical indicators then at an operational level chair those are the areas and activities that we will be tabling but uh, we don't usually bother the committee with the ops plan because that is really within the ambit of the management we will therefore keep this presentation to level of the annual performance plan is requested. The CIFA strategic framework. Um, if you look at the strategy framework of CIFA, at, at the top is our legislative mandates and policy mandates, uh, and also our vision, the mission, our values, our impact, and outcome in, in outcomes or results. This is where really one will be focusing on, which is really the first the outcome is the enhanced access to finance by SMEs and cooperatives. Second one being an enhanced service delivery and stakeholder satisfaction. The third one being a financial sustainable organization. And the fourth one, leverage strategic assets and capital raising. And finally, sound governance and high performance organization. All these, Chair, actually going to be covered in the presentation. Now, looking at the, the legislative framework that really informs uh, 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 our work, we look, for example, uh, right at the top, the national policy directives directing the focus areas of CIFA. And then we zoom into foundational policies informing the work of CIFA. And then at the operational level, look at sector based policies informing the work of CIFA. Uh, like at the national policies level, You look at NDP, you look at the MTSF, you look at the National Economic Reconstruction and Recovery Plan, and then the National Spatial Development Framework. At the foundational policy level, it is your national strategy on the development and promotion of SMEs, the integrated small business strategy, integrated strategy on promotion of entrepreneurship and small enterprises, the National Industrial Policy Framework, and also the IPAP, framework on gender, responsive planning, budgeting, monitoring and evaluation and auditing, and the white paper on an integrated national disability strategy. And then at the sector level, it is all those policies actually that are listed there, Chair, which I will not bother the committee with the details. This is the business model chair of CIFA going forward, really. There is no serious departure from the old business model, but we're trying now chair, as we're actually moving forward to implement this um, a, a strategy to ensure that we are actually conscious of the upcoming what we call a measure with the three other sister agencies. Right at the top chair, as I mentioned in my previous slide, we're looking at the what, that is the impact of CFAS exports, which have covered earlier sustainable, small, medium, micro, and cooperative enterprises. The what also looks at increased economic participation, ownership and access to resources and opportunities to previously disadvantaged individuals, mainly prioritizing women, youth, and persons with disabilities. Now looking at the how at the center, that is the CIFA operations now. On top of this is the post-investment management and graduation. And the channels there that we use is CIDA, and there are business advisors and SIFAs post-investment offices. This is one of the critical areas of the work of CIFA, because after you've granted the loan, you need to make sure that to provide the necessary support for the SMME to succeed in implementing their operations and business ideas so that they are able really to pay back the money. The pillars of that is direct lending, which I know the, 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 the members know about it and the channels being the regional offices and now the automation that we're putting in place to allow our clients to access our services. The second pillar is wholesale lending. Um, and, and then the third one is credit guarantees. If maybe I can go back to, to just explain the wholesale lending, that's where we provide lending to financial partners uh, or, or intermediaries who then uh, on land to our end users. Then credit guarantee, the channel there is a financial and supply development partner institutions. In the main, we partner there, with uh, the commercial banks and other supplier development entities in the corporate space. Then the fourth pillar is fund management and ancillary services. This area, Chair, we are actually elevating it because during the COVID period, CIFAR was inundated with a lot of work that was not part of the APP. And some of the work involved government departments who asked CIFA to be the fund manager or project manager in the implementer of their interventions? We're doing work with the Department of Land Reform. We're doing work with the Department of Tourism to be one of our co-project implementers. And he said we needed to elevate this pillar because it takes a lot of resources of CIFA, and we needed to ensure that we have this actually um, um, uh, well-capacitated. And the approach there really is mainly cost recovery or margin model. Then. We have the property portfolio management. Uh, 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 This one, the principle really is user pays, cost recovery, and margin model. Then at the base of that is the credit risk management because before we provide these loans, we need to assess the risk profile of all the applicants, ensure that uh, they manage the exposure, and also limit the potential losses that CIFA were to incur if we didn't actually manage this area. At the foundation level, which now which underpins all these pillars and the roof of the safer house from Equality, is a sector thought leadership and institutional capacity building with our partners, stakeholder partnerships and mobilisation. This is the work chair that we've been doing in support of the department, particularly the minister. We've actually really aggressively started engaging our stakeholders through these roadshows, working closely with the municipalities, both districts. Metro and local municipalities. And we are going to look at ensuring that the safer services chair are much more accessible to the people, more especially those who are in the rural areas who don't have the money to travel to our, our offices in these different provinces. The work that we want to be doing there is use a lot of automated services in these local municipalities, working closely with the LED offices so that people are able to load the applications at the closest port of call, and the municipalities for us is one of the areas where we believe our people should be able to access CIFAR services. Then the key pillar is sound governance, financial sustainability, and organizational effective effectiveness and performance of the entity. Because we cannot be actually having qualified audit and negative findings if we are to be managing other people's monies and also informing the businesses on how best to run their operations if we're not internally organized as an entity. Chair, now we're looking at the the, the the collaboration. Now, there's this irritation on top of the screen that's really hiding uh, uh, my, oh my, gosh, the headings. But they were looking at the collaboration, Chairperson, between CEDA and CIFA. That's yeah, a work, Chair, that we'd like to really highlight going forward that we're going to improve in these areas, but largely. In the area of pre-investment support, where we rely in the main on CEDA to provide the pre-investment readiness for our clients, the assistance with business plans, the client assessments, providing the BDS interventions, compile quality applications that focus on CIFA, defined programs. And CIFA, on the other hand, will be actually managing the due diligence work, the debt management, the collections, and ensuring that. The performance of the what we call of these clients is, is sustained. On post investment monitoring and support, the main area of focus that Chairperson is on trap and SME relief. A CEDA focuses really on assisting the funded clients with mentorship, coaching, business performance diagnosis, and other related services. And CIFA then comes in with focus on data management, including collections, rescheduling of uh, loan installments, restructuring of debt. And pro- proactive portfolio management. I won't bore the committee chair with the details as the report or the presentation was shared with the members. On funding programs, uh, CEDAR focus really in the main is the TRAP and the Youth Challenge Fund, uh, pre funding support, business registration, training, and capacity building. Chair, we've actually learned a lot when we're rolling out the Youth Challenge Fund, where we received chapters in close to 2,500. 2, applications, and only 98% of these applicants in the Youth Challenge Fund were complete. And we had to take a majority of them to CEDA to assist them to complete applications. Basic information like loading the business plan, loading the CIPC registration documents. And that's the work that uh, we are collaborating with CEDA to ensure that once these uh, these applicants are able uh, to complete that work, and um, 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 uh, we then see uh, that takes over and run with the work. And then from CIFA's side, application, due diligence, due diligence, and adjudication, contracting, and disbursement of funds once CEDA has done the sanitizing of some of these uh, uh, poorly prepared documents, if I may say. Then also work around strategic partnerships in priority groups. CIDA focuses on providing business development support services to our partners in the ecosystem targeting entrepreneurs with disabilities, youth and women-owned entrepreneurs, and CIDA Cummins, CIFARA Cummins to provide funding support and access to finance for these entities. And uh, marketing and business development here chair we're doing joint marketing and outreach campaigns, and also we have co-locations in sharing offices in certain municipalities, um, and uh, monitoring and evaluation and research we're actually going to be implementing an integrated planning, monitoring, and evaluation framework uh, uh, between ourselves and CIDA, and also form strategic partnerships with the institutions of higher learning and other research partners. With systems, we, as we are moving towards automation, we're sharing the systems that we use because some of the clients that we refer back to CIDA, we need to make sure that those clients actually are able to maximize the use of the systems that CIFA has. And we're sharing actually the use and the training of this system with our colleagues at CEDA in that regard. Uh, let's see, this is frozen. Now, looking at the operational, the operating environment for CIFA, uh, the strength of the entity, we CIFA is likely to continue obtaining budgetary allocations. Uh, to issue loans and grants, as well as non-financial support due to the mandate that we that is aligned to the National Development Plan. Uh, CIFAR's financial and corporate governance system is quite strong, as we have received clean audits for a period of eight years. A uh, specific customization of deal structuring allows cifa centric what course, allows client-centric solutioning of, of our clients, more especially in the wholesale funding space. Where we design and customize the funding of the particular intermediary to meet the, the needs of its, uh, of our end users. Another strength is that we have a secure IT infrastructure and efficient software in place, providing strong security for CIFA. So far, we have not really seen any attack from the from The, World the attackers who have attacked the CEDA, for example, and other public entities. Wicked weaknesses. The major weakness here is a relatively small balance sheet of about 2.7 billion, which really restricts our ability to massify the lending interventions that CIFA needs to roll out in the market. Lack of stability in the policymaking environment is leading to inconsistency in program implementation. The target market is mostly unaware of the CIFA services and benefits. And we are countering this, Chair, by actually increasing as CIFA had a zero there two years ago, had no budget for marketing. Last year, we started budgeting about 5 million, and this year we set aside uh, about 9 million rands to intervene uh, in the marketing space to make our target clients aware of the CIFA services. There is a low skills level of applicants influencing the quality of the applications as we saw with the Youth Challenge Fund, as well as lack of access to technology, and for required submissions in certain areas, particularly those in the rural areas. Uh, inadequate staff capacity, SIFA, resulting in poor processing and turnaround times. This chair hit us very hard in the past two years because during the COVID period, SIFA was expected to roll out a lot of short-term and urgent government interventions, starting with the COVID relief program, followed by the uh, uh, business recovery program, followed by the intervention that we put in place with the department to support businesses that were affected by the riots in KZN. And now we have to look at the work around assistance of businesses that were affected by, by the floods in the KZN and parts of the Eastern Cape. This work needs capacity that was not in place at sifa And what it has done, it has taken a lot of the time of the limited resources That are supposed to be driving the ordinary loaning uh, lending business to focus on these intermediate, what called immediate and urgent interventions. And also with the with the measure that is coming and having um, recruitment on a permanent basis being uh, frozen, CIFA now is beginning to feel the pinch and was struggling with regards to capacity to roll out some of these programs. And we hope with the with the finalization of the measure or even before then. We will be in a position to fill some of the positions here, even if it's for 12 to 24 months, to bridge that capacity gap that we're facing at the present. The other issue was lack of automation of certain business processes. And in this new financial year, we will be actually rolling out automation right across the product range of CIFA. And uh, with properties, we have age infrastructure, resulting in increased expenses of managing the properties, including repairs and maintenance. And ensure that we secure and attract quality tenants. Opportunities. CIFA has a competitive pricing model and cross sectoral funding. Um, the merged entity, we are hoping that it will be able to offer a one-stop shop facility, and leverage increasing level of involvement from the private sector to expand support SMEs, particularly and smaller players, issuing loans, issuing loans to SMEs. With shorter turnaround times, that is our intermediaries. And that opportunity is existing unbanked and underbanked or under underserved SMEs can expand, uh, can be rather expanded by CIFA. CIFA can also leverage external funding, making it an implementer of choice for strategic partners, e.g. That- the EU. Mm-hmm. Hello, sir. Am I not audible? Hello, King?
4: King? Yes, I, uh, yes, uh, Mr. CEO, I L- can hear you. We are okay. still audible.
8: Okay, okay, all right. Um, the looking now at the what we call the threats is the main threat really is the high impairment rate and debt right of at CIFA, which is really leading to the erosion of our capital as an entity. In the property space, the rental boycotts. Really obstructs the collections targets. The political mistrust between the private sector and government is negatively impacting on the execution of the KCG program because the commercial banks require long and tedious due diligence processes before they can accept the KCG offering. The highly regulated legal environment is also affecting the KCG insurance licensing conditions. And as I mentioned earlier, staff of attrition. Uh, which leads to loss of institutional knowledge and delayed decision-making because of the limited staff resources and also concerns raised by staff who have been overworked with all these short-term and um, immediate interventions that we needed to put in place. But there's not been what a we call remuneration to really uh, uh, give the staff the motivation for the hard work that they've done. It has really resulted in low staff morale, and we're seeing uh, people actually leaving the entity in numbers, which is a worrisome factor. So the next thing is the challenges now that are faced by the SMEs. Um, one of the main challenges for startups is sourcing or raising of funds, finding customers. Competition from other firms, internal market burdens, wearing too many hats where the entrepreneur is Asia, is finance, is MD and is everything. Lack of guidance, more especially for the startups. The government policies that are seen as burdensome by the SMEs, tax and the relevant uh, or related bureaucracy. Um, entrepreneurship education, primary and secondary level as well as government entrepreneurship programs inadequate equipment to work and execute their, their operations. Uh, for those SMEs that are at a growth stage, one of the key challenges is lack of funding, access to or uh, cost of finance, poor sales or inadequate technology, competition from large businesses, local economic conditions, burdensome regulations, lack of adequate skills, the cost of labor, growth and scale to meet client needs, space to operate and, uh, and crime and theft, particularly for those that are township-based and actually using cash to, to sell their services. Now, zooming into the strategic priorities that inform this APP. Uh, the key really is uh, building a sustainable loan book. And then we'll do that by expansion of the credit and decreasing impairments. Investment and building of sustainable black-owned financial intermediaries, and will focus on building client sustainability, implementing of a coherent strategy to raise capital in order to grow the loan book, implementation of loan programs that are responsive to government policies and program. The second one is improving performance on key development indicators. We'll do that by introducing targeted loan programs to promote financial inclusion and strengthen focus on enterprises owned by youth, women and people with disabilities, and those based in rural and township areas. We also do that by strengthening capacity of the microfinance division, which has been undercapacitated over time, with the challenges really related to us being unable to recruit with speed, due to the frozen recruitment processes as a result of the pending measure, and also to grow uh, the number of SMMEs that actually provide rather intermediaries that provide microfinance and reduce our reliance on two major uh, micro lenders. The third one is improving the cost structure. We'll do that by driving cost efficiency into the introduction of the funding model and right sizing. We'll fast track systems development and digitization. We'll implement a turnaround strategy for the properties portfolio and also strengthen our post-investment capaci- capability to improve the performance of the loan book. The fourth priority is uh, um, enhancing organizational capabilities across the value chain. We we'll do that by establishing a project management capability to drive new organizational projects, including the merger consideration. We will also establish a treasury function in the merge entity to better manage the capital raising and funds that are invested by the entity. We'll conclude the organizational review process and optimize the functioning of CIFA or the new entity. We'll also establish KCG and KPP as fully operational subsidiaries of CIFA. The fifth pillar, the last one, is building the CIFA brand and increasing CIFA visibility. And we'll do this by increasing investment in marketing and client outreach, will strengthen, we'll strengthen collaboration with key participants or, or key players in the, in, the, in the ecosystem, that is public and private sector and donors, and will strengthen safer sectoral research and knowledge management capabilities. The outcomes, which is the key. Um, I will not bore with the details, but I'll zoom into the targets for the financial year 2022, 2023. The value of approvals, to small and medium enterprises, our target is 2.2 billion, and the value of disbursements is 2 billion. The number of SMEs and cooperative to be financed is 84,000. The number of jobs to be facilitated is 104,000. And disbursements to black owned enterprises, we're looking at 1.4 billion. And disbursements to women owned enterprises, we're looking at 802 million. And disbursements to youth-owned enterprises, we're looking at six hundred and one million. Disbursements to enterprises that are owned by entrepreneurs with disabilities, we're looking at one hundred forty million. Disbursements to township-based entities is five hundred and one million. And for those entities that are rural-based, our target is eight hundred and two million. Um, when looking at the lending turnaround times, direct lending, we want to conclude application to disbursements. For applicants within 40 days. Um, For the wholesale lending, we're looking at 55 days. Uh, KCG, capital leveraging ratio, we target to do 6.25 times. And the percentage growth in revenue, uh, we're looking at at 10% for the new financial year. Um, The progress in the automation of safer businesses, we target by the end of this financial year 100% automation. Of the Diligence, and PIM, Workout and record and or recover, rec- Workout and Recovery uh, Processes. Phase one of uh, implementation of enterprise content management will also be concluded this year. A number of publications to be produced we target to produce six sector value chain analysis reports uh, by, by annual business conditions survey and a loan program performance report to look at the performance of our loans. Um, Looking at the improved credit risk, uh, blended first default rate of 6%. Here, we're referring to clients that we fund and who miss their very first debit order, and we want to reduce that rate to, to about 6%. A number of clients and funding partner interventions with our partners, we need to provide about support to about 165 of those, most especially our intermediaries with regards to capacity building. And the number of clients that improve their turnover by 5%, we target about, 12, about 30 of those. And then the portfolio at risk, we're targeting to limit it at about 42%. Portfolio at risk is all those um, what we call uh, clients, who are behind in their payments by 60 plus one day. And then looking at accu- accumulated impairments, we target to limit our impairments at this stage at 38%, and uh, the collections rate to improve to 87%. Uh, looking at uh, enhanced uh, uh, risk maturity, we want to maintain a level three risk maturity level as CIFA and um, enhance financial management and performance, the cost-income ratio, we want to limit it down to 69%. And the rent value of additional capital raised, we want to raise additional capital outside of government funding of is sixty million, And the cost-income ratio for the properties is around 412%. This one is quite high because of the uh, rental by and illegal tenants that we're actually going to be evicting or trying to formalize the relationship with them and ensure that they pay for the rent, including the cost of uh, utilities and electricity. Improvement of the letable area by to, up to 60% and rental collections rate of 40%. And um, looking at the, 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 the number of leads that we generate from the strategic relationships that we build, we are building. We're looking at about 100 leads to be generated. The annual brand visibility index for safer. We want to actually have uh, an achievement of about 50% brand visibility index, the annual customer satisfaction index rating of 83%, and um, employee engagement index of 65%. And uh, looking at the percentage of employees who achieve at least above 3.5% performance on the annual performance, we want at least about above 55% of our staff to achieve more than 3.5% against the annual targets. And the productivity index development uh, will establish a baseline in this current financial year. As I approach the close of this uh, report, we here were just showing the spatial spread of SMEs in the South African economy. We see that about thirty-four percent of the SMEs are in Gauteng, followed by sixteen percent in KwaZulu Natal, twelve percent in the Western Cape, ten percent in the Eastern Cape. 9% in Pumalanga and Limpombo, 5% in the Northwest, 4% in the Free State with the Northern Cape having about 1% of the spread of the SMMEs. And this chair informs the, the throughput of applicants from, from each province. And this is really informed by the structure of our economy where a majority of the big industries are located are actually reflected in this pie chart. Um, this now just gives us the numbers of SMEs per province. For example, there are about 278,000 in the Western Cape, 232 in the Eastern Cape, 20,000 in Northern Cape, 97,000 in Free State, 381,000 in Gauteng, 111,000 in the Northwest, 786,000 SMEs in Gauteng, 197 in Pumalanga, 218,000 in Nimpompo, which gives us the 2.3 million uh, SMEs in the country. Now, if you look at uh, the the distribution of, or rather the the disbursements that CIFA made in the past three years, starting from 2019, 2020 to February 28, 2022, in the Eastern Cape, we dispersed 348 million, Free State, 127 million. Houteng, 1.5 billion, informed by that big number of SMMEs, Wazulu-Natal, 823 million. Dimpompo, 596 million. Pumalanga, 359 million. Northern Cape, 69 million. Northwest, 241. And the Western Cape, 659 million. We did initially chair, and I must bring the members to comfort that this plan was reviewed jointly with the department, and the department made these inputs and to ensure that there's alignment between this plan and the work that the department will be tabling here later. I'll find that after interactions with the department, we plan, for example, Chair, to disperse in the Eastern Cape, $146 The department came back and said, let's re-prioritize our budget and start allocating more money to these provinces that are underserviced. You will see, Chair, if you compare the original targets, of 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 one forty six Eastern Cape fifty three Free State six forty four housing and so on and so forth. We increase now the, the targets for the Eastern Cape. It moves from one forty six million for this year to two hundred and thirty two million. Free State fifty three million to two thirty two million. Housing six hundred forty four million. We reduce to two hundred and eight million. KZN from three forty seven million down to two hundred million. Limpombo, 251 million to 232 million. Bumalanga, 151 to 232. So, if you look at this, the majority of our funds now are going to be going to these underfunded provinces. But the key issue here is that you cannot say when the Eastern Cape is sitting with funds that are not being attracted by SMEs and how has run out of funds and keep the money locked up there until the year ends. We will have to allow the flexibility to move the funds around to address the funding requirements of SMEs in areas where there is traction. That's one. Two, we will need now to look at the capacity of the people in those regional offices. Because once we increase the numbers that must be actually processed in those provinces, that should be actually accompanied by the increase in the resources that must do the work on the ground. Because currently, the capacity that sits in the provinces will not be able to deliver these numbers. We therefore, with speed, will have to relook the capacity that sits in those provinces so that this money doesn't get locked up there without being dispersed to the real economy. So that's a work that we're gonna be engaging the department to ensure that this is addressed with immediate effect. Otherwise, this money will have to go back to Hulping, KZN Urban and the Western Cape. Uh, Jay, I won't bore you with this because this speaks really to the alignment that I spoke to, that this work that we're tabling here was tabled, was shared with the department. The department made these inputs to ensure that it is aligned, number one, to the, to the, the objectives of the department and outcomes. And each and every one of these activities, Jay, are aligned to the work of the department as reflected on these two tables, Jay. So we want to give the committee the comfort that this APP speaks to the, the APP of the department and it also speaks to the performance contract of the minister. Chair, so quickly, as I close, uh, look at the financial outcomes. This APP chair and the budget were prepared in line with the priorities of CFA Corporate Annual Performance Plan. Um, they are for the period of the, which is more like a third year of the five-year strategic plan. We are slightly more than halfway the MTSF period. The financial year 2023 budget has been prepared on and on as, as a going concern, and the budget assumes that CIFA will continue to operate in its current form, not ignoring the work of merging the two entities. But as we sit now, we have to do the work in this current form, but ensuring that there is that collaboration with CEDA in particular. It is key that CIFA finds a balance between these priorities while ensuring that financial sustainability, developmental impact, and overall operational efficiency is protected. Because, Chair, will remember that sometimes CIFA gets attacked for allegedly behaving like a corporate bank, which I refuse to accept, and also when we table the impairments that we face as an entity because we were clear in our minds that we've got a developmental mandate, but that developmental mandate must not be seen as reckless lending that will end up eroding the capital base of the entity. So as we implement our work as an entity, we are trying by all means to ensure that one, you drive the the developmental mandate, but to ensure the sustainability of the entity so that we don't become part of the other public entities that went, cap in hand to the treasury year in and year out to ask for operational funding. The overall impact of the above is reflected, chair, in the budget net asset value of CIFA, which is expected to increase from 927 million in March 2021 to 2 billion at the end of the MTSF period, in March 2025. Finally, chair, if you look for the plan for the, 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 the year 2023, our income, we actually want to see it increase from 818 million to just above 1.049 billion. Expenses will actually be around nine hundred and eight million. We anticipate, Chair, and members will remember, if you look at the year that ended last month in March, there was a debate last year with people coming with their financial understanding of education that now CIFAR is ravishing the committee. Last year, Chair, we had to reverse that tax after the, 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 the SARS allowed us to exclude grants received from government from tax. That $270 million that was debated last year, now it is being reversed. Hence you see that marginal loss of about before tax, or rather the the, the profit after tax of $247 million. It is because of that adjusted tax. This coming year, or the current year we anticipate to have a profit before tax of $141 million, and the net profit as a result of 149 million because Sifa has a, a number of assessed losses that we need actually to eradicate until we are able to to really be profitable. And and remember, if you've got assessed losses from prior year, you have to net them off against the the profits or the losses of the subsequent years. Hence, you see the zero tax for the current financial year. And we. Anticipate that at the end of the year, we'll have a net profit of 141 million. Looking at our balances, Chair, um, for the year 2023, the total assets will increase from 6.1 billion or 6.2 billion to 6.8 billion. And uh, our, our equity from 1.184 to 1.326 to billion, with liabilities increasing from 4.9 to 5.4 billion, Jay, with a total then of equities and liabilities of 6.818 billion. I quickly, Chair, I spoke to cost income ratio. We expect it to be at 87% Air Impairments. We want to limit them at 38% as we improve our quality of the quality of our loan book. Chair, that brings us to the end of the presentation. I didn't want Jay, to bother the committee with the key risk. Enterprise and mitigation measures, but they are there. They are attached on the on the presentation, and we do indicate how we are going to, as an entity, mitigate all the risks that are linked, by the way, to the key outcomes, the five the five outcomes that I spoke to earlier on. So, with that said, uh, I will allow the committee to then take it, and hopefully, the committee will adopt and approve the app. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for the detailed presentation and with its recommendation. I will now open for discussion. Honorable members, here we are. Can we engage with the report, with the presentation? Raking. Assist me by identifying honorable members' sons.
4: Yeah, yeah, thank you, Chair. So far, we've got uh, honorable April. Mm.
6: Yes. Only.
4: This is the end that is
9: so far shown, Chair.
1: Okay. Honorable April.
9: I was thinking uh, Braking will say this is the hand of the man who's always raising. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Madam Chair. Good morning, everyone else. Uh, I want to thank you for the presentation that is made to us this morning. It has a lot of details in. It has a lot of plans in. Um, uh, mine is not a deep uh, uh, question of, of of the strategy and so on and so forth, but it, I just want to check the financial year that ended now, now the thirty-first of March. Uh, Ask I have a report with regards to how many people, or uh, the numbers of people that has been assisted by uh, the, the, the seed at clients that has been assisted by Sifa, and I'm sure we must. You must be able to tell us uh, at least some number, one or ten or, or fifty or a thousand. I just need to check. Uh, people that were coming directly from SIDA, uh, how many of them has SIFA funded? Uh, just so that we can get a sense of what is happening with regards to that. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Okay. Is there any other hand?
4: Yes, Chair, it's uh, honorable,
1: yes. Honorable Matulel, the stage is yours. Uh,
4: You will be followed by uh, Honorable Jacobs.
2: Okay. Okay. Honorable Matulel, can we get your inputs on the report? Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Good to honorable members. Uh my
1: input is, uh, if you remember that we, we requested a report that is a detailed report. Because now we said we all, oh, let me say, we agreed that we are no longer going to take uh, only the statistics and numbers and what. We need a detailed report, not the statistics. And we need to see those people that you are saying you are. You, you, the numbers of the small businesses that you are you are being helping in all provinces. We need evidence, please. This thing of statistics is not working for us in this portfolio committee, please. I'm just raising that chair. Thank you very much. Thank you honorable Jacobs.
5: Thank you thank you chair and greetings and thanks to the CEO and the chair for the presentation. According to the CEO, the chairperson of the board the entity anticipates approving loans to the value of 1.9 billion during the upcoming 22 23 financial year and to disperse 1.5 billion into South African economy benefiting more than 69000 smmes and cooperatives. These enterprises in turn are expected to create and maintain more than 80,000 jobs over the period. These figures, however, does not correspond with the planned targets provided by CIFA. So I, I think there's just a one anomaly in in, in in that. I think if we can just get a comment on on, on, on that. Um, disbursements. What could be the cause for CIFA to merge? the disbursement targets of approximately 900 million. And and I think this is a key thing uh, under expenditure and what's the the reason for this. Besides lowering of the target for disbursement compared to previous year, what measures have CIFA put in place to ensure that the disbursement targets um, are put in place to achieve it? And I think here we also learned from um, what the CEO talked about with the Youth Challenge Fund. You see, our people need capacity to help get them to act. They have an idea, but they don't have the equipment to fill in these forms. And the forms and it's the capacity and disburse- disbursement to the vulnerable groups remain a problem. Um, yesterday, we raised the issue of that CEDA have about 53 co-location points. Is not doesn't have organizational presence in all of them. Why can't we ensure that we have CIFA presence in all of those places, as well as some of our district? Um, because the president spoke about the district model, why can't we have uh CIFA present in all of the districts? Um the next question I want to ask is the the discu- discounted rate based pricing model. Um, CIFA has a lending and credit business operating predominantly on this. Discounted risk-based pricing model. Yet there is an acknowledgement of the low uptake of its products. Um, uh, what are we going to do, especially for products like the, the TRIP, the Township Rural and Entrepreneurial Program, which is supposed to help our people, but it's actually not. There's not a fit between people applying, people, the poorest of the poor, the informal traders, and not getting that. So, How are we going to design? I'm I'm pleased that there is going to be automation now. But what is going to come different? What what is going to be happening different? And, you know, the poor is struggling to to make loans that they're not sure if they can pay back. Um, And I think what we need to do is just to find a model that works with improving your performance Impairment performance, but at the same time, also make it more accessible to our communities. Um, Implementation of TREP has been weak. Design, uh, weakly, inconsistent implementation. How are you going to do it differently? Um, You have two MFMIs that provide micro and informal business uh, support. How are you going to ensure, especially in our province, here in the Western Cape, we don't have microfinance support. Um, Most of those microfinance support facilities is up there in the northern provinces. And here we have uh, the Cape business or business partners that's not interested in the poor and the informal townships and our people on the Cape flats. Are we going to ensure that uh, we get MFMIs play a more meaningful role? And what is CIFA's plan of action of turning around uh, the situation, especially for micro and informal business that needs the micro money? Look, people are looking not for big monies. They don't want a loan of a million rand, but they just need to get by um, 50,000 to get stock so that they can turn around and move away from the survivalist to, to, uh, to a, a better um, sustainable level. Um, could Sifo please elaborate on what it means by the lack of stability in policy making and how can the PC of, of this PC help in this regard? I think uh, it speaks to the the lack of a legislative framework, a small business legislative framework. Um uh, but it also speaks to the need for a more township, more inclusive, small small business friendly framework. Um thank you, Ken. Let me pause for that for now. Thank you.
2: Thank you, honorable members.
1: Just to add on what the latter speaker has indicated uh, to see that yesterday we spoke about uh, assisting our SMEs on issues of training and also issues of um business plans which will and financial management training include also financial management which will also assist them uh, to to retain back their money because this money must rotate. So just to support what Honorable Jacobs has said, the pieces of legislation which we will be busy with as the department, uh, DG, must really focus on unlocking those bottlenecks. I mentioned this even yesterday to see that. So I think I support what he's saying. Uh, the visibility which must be done by CIDA, should also be part of CIFA so that our people must be assisted. If you check on the number of uh, small businesses which have been uh, assisted, we're talking of 97 something out of 200 and something so that really shows that there is no impact the the outcome is negative according to me so we we really appreciate the presentation but at the same time we need to look at those issues which have been raised by members uh, can i get responses from from the department from the agency as well as the dg will speak later
4: Okay. Speak.
1: Okay. Yes, Chair. King. Do we may still
0: have
4: other ask? hands? Yes. Okay. Please, may, may mm. you please uh, recognize uh, Honorable Kruger so that the responses can uh, okay. be for all members that have asked.
1: All right, Honorable Kruger, the stage is yours, and I think you are answered. We are all answered that the plan was in consultation with the department.
3: Over to you. Thank you, ma'am. And apologies if, um, if there's a noisy background. I'm in a very noisy place. But I think it's important for me to ask. Um, there's only two questions that I want to ask. The one is, of course, um, we talk forever about the footprint of seafood. Of and maybe um, if CDA and CIFA is now one organization, um, it will increase the footprint. But I think in the past, uh, CIFA used the lack of um, footprint, uh, they used micro lenders. And the problem with micro lenders is. Um, it's a very expensive exercise. Yes, and I um, uh, agree with um, Honourable Jacobs that the small businesses only need small money, but I'm sure we can accommodate them with direct lending if our footprint is, um, is big enough so that um, each, and you will remember We spoke a lot about it, that that CIFAR and CIDA have an office in each municipality, Um, and I think that will uh, sort out, and then we can do a direct line-to-lending. We we can cut out the micro-lenders here, they most probably are small business owners, but uh, to the cost. Of, of people lending money from them because the interest rates are very high. Um, that's my first point, Madam Chair. And the second point is um, my old story, red tape. Um, I, I um, tried to fold in a, a CFA form. It's unbelievable red tape. Um, it's very difficult. Um, and I don't know how um, small businesses from rural areas managed to fill in this form. I don't even know how CEDAR employees managed to fill in this form. So I I, I think uh, with the marketing uh, budget that uh, CIFAR are budgeting now, uh, they can put some money aside from that budget to redesign their form and make it much easier for for. For grassroots levels, people in the street to uh, apply for a loan. Thank you, Chief. Thank you,
1: Honourable Jacobs.
3: Um, that was Kruger. Ma'am Jay, that was Honourable Kruger. Um, yes, yes, I. I, 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 and I, I, I know. You. Yeah, because I'm much more beautiful than Honourable Jacobs. So. Uh, <laughs>
1: Thank you, Honorable Kruger. Uh, you made your, 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 your input.
2: I'm now inviting the department and its agency to respond.
0: Thank you,
6: Chairperson. We, we shall endeavor to, to share the, the to response to the questions. For the ones that I won't be able to to cover, the CEO would would uh, would assist. Uh, will assist to 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 help us to cover all the questions, to respond to everything. Just to start off with a question that was posed by Honorable April, um, uh, we we at this uh, uh, session, in this particular session, Chairperson, unfortunately, do not have that information off our fingertips. Uh, we, you would recall, Chairperson, that. Uh, in the previous quarter, the, in the quarterly performances, that's when we we basically provide the detail of the performance. We came prepared for for the for the, uh, the APP, but we will gladly provide that detail uh, in the next uh, quarterly report when we when we present to, to the portfolio committee. That that is in relation to the number of Cedar clients that have been assisted by CIFA. In my understanding, uh, if I recall, both ourselves and Cedar do not cover. Uh, that uh, uh, that particular question. Same applies to to the report that, uh, to the question that was asked by Honorable Matulelo on the, the detail of the, the approved SMMEs. Uh, Chairperson, you would recall that in the previous quarter, we did in fact uh, provide that report. We attached it as a supplement to our quarterly report. We did say that it's a report that we intend to improve on as we gather that information. Term report to the portfolio, uh, that is a report on the throughput, in terms of how many applications were received, how many applications were approved, how many applications were, were declined, and so that we can also give the, the portfolio committee an indication of the, um, the common reasons why people were not making it through, uh, with the, uh, were not uh, able to succeed with their applications. Uh, Honourable Jacobs uh, raised a number of questions. I may be able to miss some. I picked up that the first one. It seemed like the there the, is some error. The, the correct number for the target for loan approvals is the two point two billion billion that is The one point nine billion you would see that leads to to the previous target or the previous financial year. It is the current financial year. I mean the next financial year of the APP. So surely it must be be some kind of an error. I don't know how it was picked up and it is attributed to myself unfortunately. So so I don't know where the, where the error would have come up from. Uh, if there was such an error our documentation, we apologize to the committee. The correct number is $2.2 We have no intention to to mislead the committee. Uh, the disbursement targets, um, I would want to go, go to mention the detail. Uh, let me say ordinarily normally f- yes we did miss the target but the function of disbursement is something that lags after the approval because of the nature of the drawdowns so it would partly be linked to the performance of that particular SME. it wouldn't be linked to to log jams on our side or delays on our side in terms of disbursement because the disbursement that in fact uh, provided or passed on to those SMEs in accordance with their drawdowns uh, not necessarily because of the uh, of administrative uh, 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 blockages on the side of CFA. The you can expand more on that. Uh, the capacity of SMMEs, we completely agree with Honorable Jakes or Jacobs and the committee, uh, particularly with the indication, with the experience that we had with the, with the Youth Challenge Fund. Indeed, there's a need for us to capacitate the SMMEs uh, and also to simplify our processes. Um, I'll comment that later as the uh, Honorable uh, Kugas also question. But indeed, we agree that then we, we need to, to continuously uh, try and capacitate the SMEs so that they can uh, be able to respond. Although it's not a direct function of CIFI, it's something that we work together with CIDA on. Uh, surely, the, the Youth Challenge Fund issue uh, is something that, that points to that. But as the CEO indicated, and this talks also to co one of the things that CIFA has been dealing with, and uh, I, I hope the Portfolio Committee has noted, the significant improvement in terms of profitability that is being projected today. Um, one of the key things that CIFA is always to be careful of is to balance the the mandate and the responsibility that it has to bridge the the the, the challenge of of, of market uh, market filler in terms of availing access to funding to, to small enterprises. But at the same time, we have to do it in a manner that is prudent, in a manner that is responsible, in a manner that we don't get to be known as one of those SOEs that continuously receive money from government and are not able to, to sustain themselves in the long term. Yes, indeed, historically, Sifa has suffered a lot with the challenge of profitability, it is important that we strike the balance, therefore, of funding the SMEs at the same time, making sure that we do, in fact, to some point of uh, at least uh, acceptable levels uh, of of profitability, not to the expense of the of the, not in the same manner as, as private uh, sector would do, uh, in such a manner that it may disadvantage the SMEs. So, 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 so the key issue, the reason why I raise is that uh,
8: mm-hmm. the the okay
6: the guy hit the there's an interference here yeah. so so all right, let me continue so so the reason why I raised it is that what ciFA has been badly with you uh, in the last quarter i uh, also report that ciFA is embarked on a project of uh, um, working on a funding model for ciFA we need to understand what is it uh, that the cost structure of the CIFA is vis-a-vis its ability to generate revenue and endeavor to make sure that there's, that there's a balance between that, such so that we don't become too costly an organization, uh, to the expense of us being able to to disburse and approve and, and to approve loans to the clientele that we target. So the, the one problem that we have is that we can't overstretch ourselves and be in all points as complete. As, as, so that's honourable Jacob's indicator uh, relating to, to the co-location points with CEDA. Yes, indeed, our endeavor is to make sure that wherever CEDA is, it must be possible for CIFAR clients and CEDA clients as one entity to be able to get full access to our services. Part of it being the intervention that the CEO indicated, that we are moving towards a greater automation, but also uh, the fact that we we, we have uh, committed ourselves to train uh, the frontline people, including NDD uh, offices in the municipality, so they can at least handle the basic requirements of being able to complete an application, or the basic requirements uh, of product knowledge also, so that when a person walks into a municipality, Wanting to find out about what depends or what access uh, of services and products he can get that or she can get from CIFA, they get informed uh, in a manner that would be almost equal to them being informed by a CIFA person about the products that CIFA provides and at least some guidance on 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 the, the on how applications are processed. So it's a it's something that we are going to continue to work on improving our capacity uh, without overstretching ourselves, automation and also empowering those that work with us uh, uh, in municipalities and any other partners that we try to pick up uh, as, as we, we improve the performance of CIPA so that people can get full access to, 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 to the products that we provide. Uh, the MFMI, the two intermediaries, let me leave it to the CEO. We, we have increased that number, Honorable Jacobs. It's no longer two, you know, although two are still uh, quite uh, uh, dominant. As it is because of the historical uh, the, the background that we always provided. Uh From last year, we've started uh, working on increasing the number of uh, of uh, onboarding new new intermediaries uh, onto the services of CIFA. The CEO will give you a detail about the the the, the um, how many um, intermediaries, and we will continue. We are continuing to look for extra intermediaries that we can bring in. We are very conscious of the fact that we need to stretch particularly into the coastal areas, um, the Western Cape and the Eastern Cape in particular, although there's been a bit of, of, uh, of penetration into KZN you know, as far as the intermediaries are concerned. Um, so so yeah, let me also leave the question of the performance of, on on, on, uh, on micro-loans to the sea um, and the stability on the policy front. Let me leave it there, just to clarify, uh, Honorable Kruger. Uh, there is a difference between the micro-lenders as understood, if I understood your question right, and the intermediaries that we use. We are not talking about the same um, um, uh, uh, service providers or, or, or entities. It's not the, the matronizers that are commonly known to matronizers out there in the market. In the case of intermediaries that we work with, we agree with them upfront on the cost uh, that they are supposed to infect the uh, uh, load, uh, when they approve clients. So when we agree that you are allocated X amount for you to on to to on land, we kept that money. We kept that uh, the expense that is passed on to to the end user to make sure that there is no negative bearing uh, to to the people that that they will be working with. So it is not as expensive as, as uh, uh, you may be want you may to believe. Uh, that is not the, the situation at all. So, so as we say, the issue, the reason why, just to emphasize, the reason why we use uh, intermediaries is precisely because the the cost of of loaning the smaller amounts that we are referring to is much more expensive for CIFA and it would pose a risk on its sustainability if we just go direct uh, to that level. So it becomes a good balance. But also the positive side about it that we gain from it is that it gives us better leverage uh, in as far as the the development and impact indicators are concerned. So it's partners that we need, uh, that we, we we would need to continue to work with them uh, going forward. Whilst you also remain, we would also have to remain uh, critical and, and quite vigilant to check what are the negative impacts so that we try and avoid those negative impacts where we can, and if there are improvements that we bring, and we bring more improvements and as far as that is concerned. We, we agree that uh, some of our clients may find the completion of the of the forms more difficult. Uh, we did, in fact, report in the during the COVID the, the, the period that we provided uh, processing uh, COVID relief applications that we had extensively simplified the, the, the application forms that we're using in that regard. It's a procedure that we are continuing to. To maintain, and we're looking for opportunities where we can to to improve on that. It's a continuous, uh, it's a continuous way that that must follow. Um, we we quite conscious of that, so we can we can reassure the committee that we are conscious of that, and we, are, we remain open to to whatever input that can be provided to us to ensure that we continue to to make things easier. But we have to make things easier in a manner that we still maintain some level of being prudent. Because when you don't, when you do, the, when, when we lose that element of being prudent, it also means that we are actually will be actually inc- introducing some level of risk that may not necessarily be good for CFI itself. So there's a balance between the two simplification, whilst at the same time there's risk mitigation. And as far as the, 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 the prudent processing or the p- correct processing, the thorough processing of, of applications, would require. In the case of the use Challenge Fund, just to, to explain, uh, the issue was not necessarily the compli- the complication of the forms. It was just basic compliance. A lot of the reasons why uh, the, the applications could not make it through and they are not discarded in any way was because they did not have the necessary documentation, basic documentation
2: uh that uh, when the person applies so in that that for non attached we're referred to
6: see guys continue to assist them to make sure that they and they're able to 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 resubmit the applications so that they may be processed let me let me pause the chair in case i've i've i've, I've, I've skipped anything let me uh, ask the I m mean the ceo uh to 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 respond to a question that i have not been able to respond to.
8: Thank you. Thank you, CEO. Thank you, Chair. And uh, the, I must admit the Chair has covered a majority of the questions. I would just like to amplify a few areas. Uh, the question was raised by Honorable Avril around the number of entities that uh, were actually passed on by CEDA to CIFA for Finance. Um, we we will provide those numbers when we table uh, our our next report to the portfolio committee because I must admit our focus here was really to focus on the tabling of the APP. But I must also caution that uh, when we provide lending, particularly direct lending, you've got clients who come directly to CEDA, rather, and clients who apply online directly to CIFA, And there are clients that then come first to CIFA, then we refer them back to CEDA, where there's a serious gap on the work that still needs to be done. But we will have to do that analysis. But let's be clear, the access points for Sifa is not Sifa only. We have people who borrow through the online application process. We've got people who go through their private consultants and apply directly to Sifa, And we've got those people who apply through the commercial bank. Via the KCG credit Guarantee system, so we need to find a balance uh, 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 that you can't say CIFO will only find clients that uh, what we call um, um, uh, come from Cedar, because that would be a wrong assumption of saying one size fits all. We've indirected Sheperson with a number of SMMEs. It is so far I've been to six provinces in the road shows, and what we're learning there from the ground is that people are saying, do not treat us all the same. If I'm an SMME who is an entrepreneur who's been operating for more than 10 years, don't take me to a training program of a guy who left school last year because my needs and training needs are not the same as that person. Let's have different interventions for different levels of development of the SMMEs. So one of, those are one of the realities that are emanating from the ground, but we'll assist the committee with that work. Um, the, the question around uh, policy, Issue that uh, I uh, missed
1: you, C O.
8: Yes. Uh, am I audible committee? Yes, you are. Okay. Um, I'm King if I disappear.
1: Yeah, you disappeared, but you are back now.
8: Okay. Um I'm I'm gonna move to the question raised by Honorable Jacobs around the issue of policy. What we're referring to there, chair is um, the regulations that are set up by the municipalities. For example, the issue of permits and other uh, uh, what we call regulations that are uh, uh, forced to the SMMEs, they impact on the cost of doing business for these SMMEs. The issues of administered pricing, the cost of electricity, that is one of the direct impacts that this will have on the cost of doing business for the SMMEs. I won't even mention, chairperson the issue of that load shedding, the, uh, the, the, the issue of protection of, there, the issue of load shedding. I mean, I was talking to one of our SMMEs who was running a restaurant, I was saying, Chief, if I've got ice cream in the refrigerator and there's load shedding, that ice cream melts, you can't refuse an ice cream. If it melts, it's rubbish, you have to throw it away. You know, there are those issues and to buy a generator is not that cheap for these SMMEs. You know? So those are some of the issues that, uh, for example, we're referring to uh, uh, Honorable Jacobs. The, 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 I think the numbers on the document and the targets, I think they are probably extracted from from old uh, documents because our our approvals Planned for 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 this current year that we're tabling like, is two point two billion, and the disbursements are exactly two billion. And the chair did mention that uh, the disbursements
0: they track approvals because after approval, they are setting you are conditions. you again, King. Uh, yes, this will of the chair. Let's see. You.
4: I think that is the chair's culture that has got a problem because they are audible
0: to to us. Chair, can you try to do something with your target or position yourself better?
4: Can proceed?
0: Thank you, thank you, King. Um, what will do, uh, Honourable Jacobs
8: is that we'll engage the research unit because I think they are using obsolete numbers uh, in that in that analysis. But uh, I'd like to say that uh, with the, with the, how do we then anticipate to improve our, our, our disbursements where there's a actually lack of? We have, again, I'm going to mention these roadshows. We've learned in these roadshows that one of the key issues that we take for granted, particularly those of us who are from the urban areas, we think that it is simple to access the offices of Sifa and CIDA. Um, in, in one small town in the Eastern Cape, uh, uh, a uh, uh, one of the, 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 the participants was saying, in order for them to access Sifa, they have to catch a taxi from Maclear to, to Enzovo, then another taxi from Enzovo to Amtata. By the time they get to Amtata, it's already 2 o'clock. Now, this person must find a place to sleep once they have actually been saved, if they're lucky, uh, by Sifa by in the afternoon. Then catch two takes again back home. The same experience was raised when we, we, we visited the Northern Cape a town of, of, of Adsvater that to go to Kimberley, it costs money for these people who are really starting up their businesses. Hence, we said there is therefore a need to build one, relationships with the provincial DFIs who have a better footprint in the provinces than us, two, build a relationship with the municipal development agencies, and three, build a relationship with the LED offices of the local municipalities, where CIFA and CIDA now will have to train the officials in the LED office on basic product knowledge of the CIFA offerings. And then we will provide the portals where they can assist these uh, these SMEs when they visit the municipalities to upload some of the documents uh, electronically in those particular areas. So that's the work that we're gonna be uh, doing uh, going forward with with these relevant and strategic partners that we're gonna be working with. The option of pre-building CFA offices in every municipality, is probably not financially viable because that is going to happen is that we'll have now to divest, to, 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 to actually move the resources that were supposed to go to SMEs and pay salaries and rental for these new offices. So we believe that building and working with these strategic partners will be much more productive for, for ourselves and our, our clients. Um the discounted risk-based model. Chair, we, we believe that uh, it is working now. We've seen Chair, an improvement in the last quarter of, of the financial year that we'll report when we table quarter four. We've seen an improvement in the in the disbursements under TREP. Um, um, for example, the disbursements that we did by end of March in TREP were around 750 million. So we, we will actually detail those numbers when we come back to to, to what we call uh, to the committee. This discounted risk-based model really, more especially trap will provide prime minus five there. On top of that, a majority of tribe programs have got blended finance or a grant element, which makes them much more attractive and affordable to to the to these SMMEs. Um, then looking at the issue of uh, um, and how do we also plan to improve the uptake on trap? We've introduced, Honorable Jacobs, an increased timesheet now for, or timesheet rather, for, for, for trap. From that 350,000 now, we've increased it to 1 million uh, to make it responsive to some of the needs of the clients on the grounds, because some of them wanted funding that was more than what we were providing. And now it speaks to the issue of how do we, together with the department, design these chat programs to ensure that they are responsive to the challenges that the, the, the SMEs are facing on the ground. And that needs, basically, an understanding of the value chain. Through your value chain analysis, you're able to identify the binding constraints. And then in, in your response, then, the intervention should seek to address those binding constraints that we'll have identified in the evaluation analysis. So that's the approach that we want to use going forward so that our interventions are sharp and pointed and they respond to the real problems that our people are facing. We will also address the question of automation. We're going to be rolling it out full scale this year to make it easy for the clients actually, and also give full control of the application process to the clients. Um, And also we're we, we, we going to be working closely with CEDA to ensure that the training and development issue is very, very critical. I think the Youth Challenge Fund was an eye-opener. There is a need for increased training of the youth on basic business management. If a person cannot even know when you are being asked to upload your CIPC document, which is a company registration document, because we are not SASA, we don't provide grants, we don't just need your ID. We are providing funding to SMMEs. There must be some form of registration that you, you have to upload into the system. And those are the gaps that were identified through this Youth Challenge Fund. Hence, it took longer to assist. Because now, you must go back and assist this person to put together this information and upload it. But working closely with FIDA to, to, to address that problem. And what we've done, uh, because, Chair, one of the issues that I have mentioned in my presentation is that the question of capacity, We can drive these short-term interventions vigorously. But when I come to this portfolio committee, the committee says, "Okay, now let's go back to APP. Did you achieve the targets that we tabled last year? As we run to implement these short-term interventions, I also need to find a balance of ensuring that we deliver on our APP. So one of the things that we need to do is that there must be program management. And we're going to put together capacity for what we call government programs so that there's some bodies responsible to ensure that we don't lose traction on our APPs, but we also deliver on these call, uh, needed interventions uh, that I've mentioned earlier on, starting with the, with the 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 COVID intervention, the riots intervention, and now the the, the what we call the floods that we've seen in the, in, the, in the past few weeks. So there is that balance that we need to, to find as we do this work. Um, how are we going to improve microfinance? Yes, I think the chair spoke to that. The, 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 one of the key deliverables, Honorable Job Jacobs and uh, Honorable Kruger, that want to drive this year, is the introduction of more black-owned intermediaries in the microfinance space. I think we'll report when we table quarter four here to this committee that we've seen a massive improvement in new intermediaries who are funding SMEs now. These are your intermediaries who finance the people who have got purchase orders from government and municipalities or the corporates, um, people who have got tenders to do construction of schools and clinics and the works. So those ones we've seen a, a, a real improvement, but we're still struggling with the, with, the, with the microfinance one. But we will be actually focusing in that area. One of the issues that we have done, we started doing, is to build the capacity of the microfinance division within CIFA. Because for the past two years, that uh, division has not been capacitated. And he's saying, let's start by actually cleaning our own house. And then as we do that, let's start now building these new intermediaries in the microfinance. And one of the key issues, and Honorable Kruger is correct, microfinance is very expensive. These two other major micro lenders uh, uh, that we're working with, uh, uh, they rely in the main from on donor funding. And we say, as government, we have got two options. As we introduce these new micro lenders, it's either we provide and give them subsidies to finance operations, or we increase fund what we call a, a raising of funds from the donors, like we do with the, with the like it's done by Sef, to ensure that they at least cover their their basic operating costs. Otherwise, the profitability level is almost zero. There, you can't sustain microfinance entity without that support. So those are the issues that we say this year. We want to focus on that as we build those microlenders. Let us be clear that the cost of executing those small loans are quite high and somebody needs to pay for that. And that is either government or the donor funders. Um, the, the, the performance, I, I think Chair, the issues that really uh, relate to, to to donor, rather to performance, uh, on the numbers we will come back in quarter 4 and table those and also as members look at some of our numbers they must remember that in our plan for this year we are not budgeting for covid relief one we are not budgeting for riots in kzn we are not budgeting for floods so some of our numbers in the past year or two they were increased by these short term interventions uh, so now we are gonna plan for the normal business of SIFA. Yes, some of these actually events will come now and again, and we'll work with the department and the treasury and see how to finance those uh, short-term, what we call, and urgent interventions of government. So if you look at our targets, they're not flat as such, but we say, now, as we do our base here, take out those uh, programs that are not gonna be there going forward. Chair, I hope we've covered, the majority of the questions.
1: Thank you. Thank you, CEO. <clears throat> DG, is there anything which you would like to say?
3: No, thank you, Chair,
7: and, and to the honorable members. Just two quick points that I thought maybe I should just respond to. I think the CEO has covered the issue of trap, but just to also Throw in the numbers there. Uh, trap, uh, if members remember well, it was approved by cabinet in March 2020. Immediately, just before COVID, and we had to utilize trap to respond to COVID and assist uh, spaza shops and all these uh, small businesses or micro businesses that were affected uh, by 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 the lockdown. So far. Sifa has supported a, over 8,000 businesses, CIDA has supported over 26,972, yes, 26,972 uh, businesses through this trap intervention. And this intervention is not just about giving people money, but we have businesses now that are registered, businesses that have been supported through and non-financial support, being taught how to do bookkeeping, of which is something that is very critical if you are going to be able to access financial support in the future. So there is something that really we believe TREP has made an impact in supporting, because this was the first time that government has come up with a scheme that is dedicated towards supporting enterprises that are based in township and rural areas. The other critical point uh, that I think we – government has to address. By government, I'm referring to Treasury in particular. The issue of DFIs, we always push them to go to these risky areas. We ask them uh, to go to areas where really there is not much uh, support. But on the other hand, Treasury will come and say your impairment ratio is too high um you know this uh, entity we cannot give you more money because uh, you are unable to recover the money we are, on the other hand we are pushing them to go to these risky areas but on the other hand we expect them you know to get all the money back so there is a, a need you know when it comes to dfis on how we capitalize them in the first place but secondly what are the targets that we give them? Do we give them developmental targets or we give them uh, financial targets? We expect them to realize profit because if a DFI, we expect a DFI to perform like a commercial bank, but we expect them to do things that commercial banks cannot do, then we are really not uh, doing what we are supposed to do. So there are discussions, Chair, that we are starting with National treasury trying to Because even the new entity, we need to really capitalize it and Treasury has to come on board and make sure that they give them decent funding for them to be able to go to these uh, difficult areas to address the gap in the market. Because those businesses uh, that are able to get money from commercial banks, really, they really don't come you know to dfis it's mostly those that are struggling with the commercial banks that come to DFIs. so there is really a need from government side to be very clear in terms of the mandate that we give to to, to our dfis do we tell them to talk to issues around uh, balancing uh, special development issues uh, is it the employment targets that we are also pushing them to do or you know we just want them to pay back the money we don't care whether you know the money assisted these enterprises to create jobs in these uh, difficult uh, times. So those are the things uh, that we are really starting serious discussions with Treasury and saying for the new entity, we need to start on a clean slate. We know that uh, CIFA, for example, they have not been getting a lot of money from Treasury. They get, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's around 300 million or so just to cover operational costs. They do get a shareholder loan from IDC but also the money that uh, came through TRAP is the money that CIFA uh, has been utilizing, or it is it's money that has made a difference in terms of the balance sheet that they have. So there is really a serious need, and I think the, the, the committee can also assist us in pushing uh, that argument, because we have to prepare you know, for the establishment of a new entity. Chair, I thought that those are just a few comments that I will make, and uh, uh, thank you very much
0: for the opportunity. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Honourable Kruger. Are you happy? Thank you, Madam
3: Chair. I'm 100% happy. Thank you.
1: I'm also happy because I heard them answering your your concern, which is also my concern, the issue of rate DG, we really appreciate the the chairperson, the presentation and the responses. Uh, I saw your thought analysis. You are honest where you have flagged the, the weaknesses as well as the opportunities which will help us. I think what the DG was saying is part of it. Uh, indeed, the issue of resources is a is a worrying factor as the portfolio committee jointly, I believe, will pressurize and request the tre- treasurer that cifa uh, be given a, a sufficient amount which will, Help them to assist our people on the ground. I'm happy about the, the response. Now I'm asking honorable members to adopt the recommendation, to, add, to approve the recommendation of CIFA. Honorable members, are you yeah. still there?
5: Yes. Yes. Honorable uh, Jacobs, I move for the <laughs> approval of this uh, uh, CIFA presentation for so, annual plan. You.
1: Thank you. Any second? Honorable members, is because of load shading. Honorable me are you still on board?
4: Honorable April. Yeah, honorable April has said uh, there's a lot shading chair.
2: Yeah.
4: And, uh, to the that and uh, I think it's been honorable. Her. even honorable even honorable me i
1: stand to second. Thank you, Honorable Lorraine Levengo. The... The presentation has been approved by the portfolio committee. Um, can we go back to our agenda,
3: Mamche, Just before uh, Brakin uh, goes through to the agenda, I think um, we must just note again um, or note it that uh, um, minister no, the minister and the
1: deputy minister is not there. Today. No, I'm not agreeing with you, uh, Honorable Kruger. We can't come up with other issues which are not related to the agenda. We have adopted this program, a e- e committee yesterday together, and they have clarified the issue of... Uh, uh, of the presentation in consultation with the department, the DG is here as an accounting officer. So can't note, I don't agree with that one. So the the the, the report has been approved. We need to approve it. Uh, it's legally to do that. The next item on our agenda is uh, consideration and adoption of committee minutes of the 1st of April. Take us through, after all, we have seen those minutes for a long time. Can you take us through, breaking?
0: Thank you, Chairperson. These are the minutes that has been deferred yesterday
4: because uh, uh, the the meeting of the first of April was being uh, chaired or administered by the acting chairperson, Honourable Jacob. So yesterday, by the time we, we came to the consideration of them, he was out of the platform, being uh, due to load shading. So I should think we will consider them. Uh, while uh, you are administering chairperson but he is the one who was administering that meeting of the 1st of April.
1: Thank you. Proceed with page one. Page two. Any correction, honorable members? If none, let's move. Yes. I said, I move for the adoption of the minutes <laughs> there okay. is a mover on the adoption of the minutes which is Honorable Lorraine another, yeah,
0: hon-
1: thank you Honorable Jacobs because you are the one who was riding the ship the minutes are duly adopted. Next item, Rakeem.
4: The next item, Chairperson.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It's a closing remarks. Uh,
1: thank should... you, Honorable
2: Members. Thank you, Chairperson of CIFA. And your team. Thank you,
0: chair.
4: We lost you.
2: Thank you, uh,
1: honourable members. Thank you, uh, chairperson of of the board of CIFA, as well as your. Um, as well as the, 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 the DG and his team, I appreciate the, the deliberation on this matter. We'll be waiting for the department to come and present theirs. And the, um, I will be allowing members to compare whatever they want to compare because here, We are trying to work harmoniously with the department. Yes, we are to raise our concerns, but we must not uh, make it difficult for them or for ourselves. We must must raise those concerns and uh, deal with them. DG, Mpawalungu Nigezao Nangulo, as portfolio committee, we will appreciate if you, the department can come up with a date urgently as long as it will be within the the, the time frame what we want we want to have time to check that particular app so that we approved it before the date of the budget vote so that even members can prepare themselves to go and deliberate on that particular budget vote. So that's the the message we are sending to the department. But with our agency, thank you so much for honoring uh, this uh, portfolio committee. And we wish you well in this coming financial year. The meeting stand agenda. Thank
5: you. Thank you, Chairperson. Greetings, and thank you, Jay. Thank you, thank you Jay.
2: English Thank you,
0: Thank you. are you talking, Mr. Police? Recording stopped.
2: Breaking. Hello. Wait.
1: said, oh, CEO Gassifa I'm not sure, but he realizes, but I got these figures from their documents and even the one. That I picked up here, year board chairperson. It's on the annual
2: performance plan, the corporate annual performance plan um, of the of the.